Welcome to another episode of the Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur with your host, Sharon Wilson, founder and chief inspiration officer of Coaching from Spirit Institute and master spiritual business mentor. The intention of this show is to provide transformational tips, tools, strategies, and resources that support and empower you to soar and shine in your business now. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited you're listening in and I'm so excited for our guest today. In our talk today, she'll be sharing about how to bridge health to spirituality and intuition. I mean, this is something that you know, we all need. And, and I'm just so excited because she has such practical information, but also to really just open your eyes to what the possibilities are. So let me introduce you to our amazing guest today. She's a family physician turned intuitive coach and a globally recognized author, healer, and teacher. She believes that the answers to our healing are inside of ourselves and that healing is a process of understanding our minds, healing our stories, and diving into our intuition. And this is where she says we all thrive and truly live the lives we're meant to live. She's a co-founder of the Intuitive Coach Training Program, a TEDx speaker, a TV personality and mom. And when she's not seeing clients and teaching, she's having fun with her family and friends, a very busy life, uh, we can uh, feel that. And uh, she just loves to be known as Dr. Divi. So Dr. Divi, it's so great to have you here today. Thank you, Sharon. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. Oh, thank you so much. So um, I just wanted to, to ask you that um, since my podcast is called The Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur, what is what does being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur mean to you? Uh, to me, spiritually persistent entrepreneur means to feel your calling in life which to me is what your spirit has come here to do. And it may change. And I can tell you it's changed my life because you know that that's your spiritual gift because it feels like when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, whatever that thing is, that you love it. It feels like time stops and to not be afraid to change it and to be persistent with your gift constantly changing and growing, but also not being afraid to stand up for what that truth is inside of you. That's what it is to me. Mm, wow. I want everyone to just soak that in for a minute. That's so powerful just to let that really resonate with you because there's so much in there. And can you share one challenge that stands out that you face that has helped you to activate more in you? Sure. I mean, I can definitely tell you I've had a bunch. Um, and I can, <laughs> That's what people I've, say usually, just one. <laughs> I've, I'll take the general one. I've alluded to it in that first question. I've changed careers and grown multiple times. I went from being a family doctor to yoga teacher, to owning yoga studios, to being intuitive coach, to being a, a global teacher. And so each step along the way, it was like, like but you know what I was doing before, um, not that I don't love it. Like I could go back and be a family physician, sure. but I wouldn't feel as, ah, uh, as it does doing what I do right now. Or same with yoga. I'd go back and teach a yoga class, but it is the biggest challenge is, is truly 
accepting what the universe has laid out in front of you as a red carpet. And truly, it's not about not being afraid, but it's about facing your fears, which for me sometimes show up in my throat chakra. I can't speak for a few days. And, you know, knowing that there's a bigger calling and that spirit is acting through you. And I'm sure some of your other guests have said that before, but it really is knowing that you're a conduit for whatever information or techniques you're offering to the world and to not be afraid of it, despite all the chitter chatter you might hear around you. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I love that you said that too, that, I mean, it's kind of like, was like another iteration, like you said, I mean, could you go back and be a family physician? Sure. But it's kind of like, in a way, been there, done that. Right. I mean, it's sort of like spirits, like, okay, well you did that. And you did that to the extent that you were to do, not that you couldn't go back and do it, but now here's the next iteration. Here's the next level. It's sort of like as, as you're stepping into a bigger place of, of empowerment in your own experience, then, then that re- impacts how it is that you show up. And, and that's not always an easy thing. You know, I mean, yes, I've had podcast guests on that have said, well, you know, I really got this clear guidance to go in this direction. And then it was like, I wasn't getting any clients and nothing was working and nothing was really coming down the pike. And it was kind of like, well, you know, was this guidance or, you know, it's all, all those kinds of things that come in. So that's where, you know, my senses as being spiritually persistent comes in because it's, it's like, regardless of what the information looks like initially from the outside, you know, there, there, there is, um, there, there is some lag time uh, at times when you're making those shifts. Right. So hundred percent, hundred percent. I just, yeah. yeah. So what, did you want to share anything on that? Cause I just going to add to that, that that's where like, you really have to work with universal laws and what the universe is showing you. So what people do, like you spoke about, they get the guidance to say, do X, Y, Z, and no client shows up. Well, the universe is showing it to you in different ways, maybe at the grocery store, maybe through your partner, they're trying to show you a reflection of who or what you're being. And we have to be willing to look at that stuff and yes. not just your business, right? Because the business is just reflections. So, yeah. I just want to add that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you've also said that because I truly believe, you know, after 20 years, um, more than 20 years of being an entrepreneur myself, and then also mentoring other people, you know, if you just, you, you just cannot look at this in a vacuum. I mean, you are a holistic person and everything impacts, you know, your business, your life, they're all interrelated and integrated. And, you know, I, I said, yeah, I'm a mom and a wife and I've been married over 20 years. And I said, you know, there's kind of those three things in your life, you know, having a child, absolutely one of the most transformative, seemingly challenging, lovely, you know, but also at the same time, you know, can can just trigger everything in you uh, experience. But, you know, having a business and especially if you're sort of the thing that you're offering, you know, you're not offering a widget, you're not offering a particular thing that people use, you know, in, in, and let's say their car or something like that. But it's like, it's, it's, you really, you are, you know, the commodity, you are the whatever. Um, in my experience, that will bring up more opportunities for a transformation than, than anything else next to, I think, being a mom. <laughs> So I'm even going to put marriage third on that one. It was was like my child, the business idea, and then marriage for me. So I completely agree. Everything you said, bang on. Right. So, so let's talk about, um, 
what are the real reason people um, get sick? You know, this is the kind of thing that I think there's just so much information out there. I think people get so overwhelmed with, you know, let's say they're, you know, whether they are dealing with some kind of health issue or they're afraid of some kind of health issue, like it's in their family, you know, history or whatever, but talk about, you know, from your perspective, you know, what are the real reasons people get sick? So, you know, it's a million dollar question. And if I I break it down more emotionally, metaphysically, now having said what I'm going to say right now in a second, it doesn't mean, it means what, what I'm about to say Will hopefully help some of your listeners, but it doesn't mean that there's a one-way solution to it all, right? right. Like the solution in a second. So if somebody asks me that question, what I always say is, you know, that whole idea of just fear and love. Mm. And at the end of the day, we have so many fear-based neuropathways. Ours, our DNAs, our societies, our cultures, just look at COVID for the last two years. Holy cow, right? right. And you know, the gap that's occurring across the world, but especially in the States, right? So it's it's fascinating. And those fears become internalized and it can show up as fears, angers, powerlessness, as worthiness. And sometimes it's not even ours. It's our parents, our grandparents. And we have, we have to unshovel that. And I believe that that energy will then show up in areas of our life. You just spoke of relationships with your kids in your body. Right. Um, And I actually believe that's a gift because when it shows up in our body, it's like somebody knocking on our forehead going, Hey, 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 what do you want to do about this? And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sit and meditate for 300 hours, but it could be that, you know, you get the intuitive nudge to go to a sauna or you get the new intuitive nudge to go to a shaman or you get the nudge to ayahuasca or see me or whatever, or take a class. For every person, that nudge is going to be different because that thing, whether it be a yoga class, a shaman, ayahuasca, um, a class with me, Joe Dispenser, whatever, that is what your soul is going to vibrate the best with. And doing whatever that thing is that you get guided to do is actually what's going to shift you from fear to possibility or fear to hope or fear to love. And that's why it's a never ending journey of shifting and healing and evolving and growing. And the other thing I'm getting guided to say too, is we have to remind ourselves not to be afraid of our bodies because we have a whole society and culture and TV that talks about the fear we should have in our bodies. And that just keeps us 10 steps behind our possibilities. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and the whole, the whole idea of, as you said, just this belief structure, I mean, especially in the, in the States, I know in other countries, not so much, I don't think at all, I, I'm, I might be wrong, but I, I think someone said we were one of the few countries that allows for, um, you know, for advertisements of medicine, you know, or different kinds of um, uh, medicine, but, you know, we'll, it's so funny because we'll watch something and then we'll listen to all those side effects. And we, we always just joke around like, I'm keeping, you know what, I'm just going to stay with whatever that thing is. <laughs> all the, you know, oh, it's so great. But then, you know, this, 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 and, and what it does is it just creates this, I just noticed that, you know, with people, even, you know, when I'm with, with people, I just noticed that it, it creates this fear, like, okay, well, we've got this thing that we're fearful of, right? And then there's this really great drug I should go and ask my doctor for, but oh my gosh, that's really fearful. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, there's no, there's, a, there's no win, you know, there. And, it, and it just creates that sense of hopelessness, I think, because it's kind of like, oh my gosh, well, oh, this is so great, but oh my gosh, look at the other thing. So, you know, I, I just, um, 
you know, you, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and maybe you can address this with the idea of medical, you know, just how um, doctors are trained. And so, and, you know, and is, is that changing um, as you can see, or is it that we really do need for to supplement until such time as this medical profession 50 years down the road, you know, catches up with the whole of a holistic approach of a, of a, you know, an emotional, spiritual approach to, uh, to other things as well. So is healing really possible for everyone? I guess that's the core question, but then I want to just w- sort of weave in those things that I felt guided to, to ask you, because I, I just know that so many people, when they go into their doctor, you know, it, it's kind of like, okay, they're so afraid, like, oh my gosh, there we go. Another, you know, another year uh, uh, of good reports, but I could come in and get a bad report, yeah. you know? So is healing possible for everyone? And can you comment a little bit on the whole idea of the medical profession and, you know, and, and where you see um, how people need to kind of supplement that in their own, their own, um, you know, guidance as well? Sure. Great question. Um, so I do believe, you know, and I just want to mark that word healing. I honestly do believe healing is possible for everybody, but or and sometimes that healing is not necessarily a hundred percent of this lifetime because I do believe that the soul always continues, right? Mm, sure. But I honestly do believe that you know the only thing you can die with is your spiritual growth. I can't drive with my car, I can't die with my car, my kid, my husband, can't my house, I can't take any of it with me. Right. What I can leave here with is my soul growth. So if I do have a physical ailment and I want to heal it, I'll start my soul work. Mm-hmm. And if I do my soul work, yeah, my healing may happen. Yeah, my relationship might get her better. Yeah, my bank account might get better. But it's cause and effect. The cause, it, like the effect is the healing and the cause is your alignment to your divine. Now, does that mean that every single ailment can be healed? Not necessarily, but I honestly believe the vast majority can, the vast majority, like 90, 95%, if not higher can. Mm. And I really do believe that because I, um, I myself just recently was diagnosed with glaucoma, which is an eye condition, which could potentially make you blind. About a year or two, I was diagnosed. It runs in my family. And um, they told me, oh, you know, keep coming back every six months. And then after a few visits, they're like, we don't think you have it anymore. It's like, huh. But I had to really dive in. And one of the techniques I used was I looked at my family tree and who has it and what the personality characteristics are that they have and those personality characteristics in me. And I really took a serious six months of shifting those personality characteristics. And in those six months, the doctor said two different things. So it, it took a lot of work to go, okay, I don't, because I've got a few family members that are blind from it. So it was like, okay. If I really believe the work I teach, I really believe it. What can I do in that? And zillions of other techniques I teach people to answer the other part of your question about our healthcare system. I mean, I'm a bit older. <laughs> I realized that next year is my 30 year, 30 year reunion for medical school, which was a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've watched it for 30 years and do I think it's changed? Yes. I mean, you do see more mind body medicine things. I mean, I'm up here in Canada, so we don't, and you're correct about what you said about Americans being the only ones that can can advertise pharmaceuticals here. I'm, I've worked in about three or four different countries. And as far as I know, you're hundred percent correct on that. Mm. Um, but going back to what you said, is the system changing? Yes, but very slowly. And I do believe that we each have to take it in ourselves because what I remind people is that the healthcare system wasn't always this way. Mm. There was a point, if you look back pre-penicillin that 
you know, shamans would go to people's houses, you know, healers would go to the villages. And there was a combination between allopathic, whatever allopathic was back then, um, Eastern herbs, like there was a whole mishmash of stuff people did. And so just approaching health from allopathic is the biggest robbing we will ever do to ourselves. We are literally robbing ourselves of the gift of possibilities. So I do think the system's changing, but slowly. So And, yeah. and it's interesting because um, as even though our technology gets better and better and better, you know, it's like we're not winning the war on disease. No. You know, and and so, uh, you know, the, the, that that makes you wonder, well, okay, so our technology is getting better and better, but when you look at all the heart disease we have, well, heart chakra, right? Mm-hmm. Clo- closing off of heart, um, not loving ourselves, not loving others, you know, those those kinds of elements. I mean, that, that was back in like, Louise, hey, you can heal your life, you know, which was kind of like one of the, you know, the Bibles in the very beginning of, you know, since she healed herself of breast cancer, how many years ago, you know, and, 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 you know, through um, the power of affirmations and that deep work, because it wasn't just affirmations, it was the deep, there was deep work you're talking about doing that inner work on those patterns, right? So, um, so yes, I mean, we see a lot of examples, or we maybe not a lot, but we see examples of people who said, well, you know, I just, you know, I I decided I wasn't going to just go this allopathic route. I mean, you know, and, and, and that, and they, and they have healed themselves. And then we see people that have done that and that hasn't happened. And I love how you really talked about it. I mean, really at a soul level, you know, we, we really um, don't know why, you know, or what growth our soul will experience in these, in these situations. But if you do that deep work, and then you're also in that place of acceptance, like, well, you know, whatever is, is the highest good, right? Whatever is the highest good um, for me, then you can get out of that resistance that happens so much with, um, with when people are wanting to heal, you know, because it's kind of like, well, I don't want to have this thing, whatever this is, but um, also I, uh, you know, and, and, and I, and I want to heal it, but then what are the, as you said, what are the elements that really are needing to that, that, that opportunity for soul growth? Is that, does that make sense? Hang on. I completely agree with you. And, you know, we're so fixated on the effect, the bank account, the health, the this, the that, that mm. we forget to love. You started the whole call that way. We forget to love each other. We forget to love ourselves. We forget that we come from nothing. Like, you know, we're born to the planet alone. And the only thing you really have is that breath and that heart. And I really, truly believe that, you know, if you go inner inwards, if you really go inwards, anything is possible, anything, anything. And the only reason I said 90 to 95% is because I don't think it's everybody's soul journey necessarily, but I think it's the vast majority of people's soul journey to actually shift and heal and expand and grow. So yeah, completely. I just absolutely love that. I have goosebumps because for you to stand in such a place of power and say, no, is it all, but, 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 but most, most can, you know, if we really look at those 
elements. And so what are some, what are some things or maybe one thing that you can share with people? I know that you're going to, you have a wonderful gift that will help people to begin to start moving into this deeper depths that you're talking about. So we'll get to that in a few moments, but what's one thing you really feel people can take from this interview that they can start taking action on? Because, you know, a lot of times we listen to all these podcasts, it's so great, but then, you know, we've got to take some kind of action because we've got to put the intention forth. We have to, you know, focus the energy. So what would you like people to, you know, take action on or one thing that they can, they can take from, from this to, to take action on? The first thing I would remind people is it doesn't have to be complicated and it sounds so silly and forgive me for making it sound simple, but I am, I find the simple things are things people return to. Mm-hmm. So really simple thing is to actually consciously breathe. Mm-hmm. Know that you've got, like when we consciously breathe, consciously think inhale and exhale, that stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is the biggest antidote to fight or flight. It's the only antidote, to be honest. And if you consciously breathe in and out and maybe say statements like, as I breathe in, myself and my God force breathe together. As I breathe out, myself and my God force breathe together. And do that for 30 seconds, 90 seconds, Mm -hmm. your vibration will change. And if your vibration changes, what is possible? So that's just something really small, super simple technique. If you actually go, breathe in, me and my God are breathing in. Breathe out, me and my God are breathing out. And as you alluded to with the... um, the video series that I'm sending people as a gift. If you actually do some of the techniques that are in that video series, or I'm, I'm all about simple because I live a really busy life and oh. you know, it's, it's wonderful. This morning I had time to sit for an hour or two and meditate. It doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. So what techniques can I bring into my day-to-day life to raise my vibration? Mm-hmm. How can I be in that vibration of love? What technique can I use right now? And there's so many And the more techniques you have underneath the belt, the more you can just use that technique, feel a little bit better, that technique, feel even a bit better and using breath, I find to be so powerful. So, yeah, I mean, the power of breath, you know, that's something that is, as you said, shamans and indigenous people. And, you know, this is one of those core foundational principles that we seem to have really just discounted and disregarded, but the power of oxygen, the power of that pure energy, you know, coming into our body and filling our cells. I mean, there's so much research that's being done with the power of oxygen, you know, and, and we have to breathe anyways. This is the thing that I love about your time. I mean, it's not like, okay, well, you know what? Yeah. I'll think about that later and I'll breathe later. No, you have to breathe anyways. Right. Right. So so you might as well set, you know, you know, set a timer and say, okay, you know, each, each hour, I'm going to take 30 seconds to breathe consciously because I know when I do that and, and I really try to be very conscious in the breathing aspect, it just becomes automatic that I'm breathing deeper as a default. Just when I, cause you get into that pattern, right? You're, and your body starts to crave it. Like, wait a minute, we're not, I'm not getting as much oxygen as I need to get here. 
you nailed it. That's exactly it. And that conscious breathing is life-changing. Um, for those, those of us who are a bit nerdy, um, if you look at the 1970s, Dr. Benson studied you know, breath, breath from um, the Beatles, right? Because the Beatles, you know, were mm-hmm. the Beatles. And, you know, studied like some of the Eastern medicine techniques. And just so some of your listeners who are a bit older may, may or may not remember, prior to his work in the early 70s, it was actually thought that when you have an illness, you were screwed. Mm-hmm. Because it was thought that the sympathetic nervous system could not shut off. So that's what allopathic medicine thought. So it's no surprise that here we are a couple of generations after that. And we still believe that. Right. But he Benson discovered, Dr. Benson discovered that if we breathe consciously, we can stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which then shuts off our fight or flight. It's so simple. And yet we don't do it because <laughs> we listen to uh, to pharmaceutical companies. I'm teasing. I mean, we do the same. I know, thing. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that's a whole other you know, yeah, yeah, know. Uh, story. That's a whole other podcast that we might chat on. I would love to have you back because we've just scratched the surface of of this whole, you know, this whole conversation, but it's such an important conversation, especially with what we've gone through and are going through, you know, with COVID and, you know, people really becoming more aware of immune systems and all those kinds of things and the kinds of things that we can do between conscious breathing and water, right? I'm sure water is another one of your, uh, you, you know, your, your, elements there. Um, but I would love to have you back. And I just want you to share a little bit about for people to get started on this. What is it that you're offering folks? And this will be on the episode page, everybody that you'll have this, um, this information, but tell us a little bit about what they can expect um, in in this wonderful gift that you're really giving them to start to activate this intention of taking more control of their sense of their, their, their sense of power when it comes to their health, instead of waiting for a doctor or a test or something to say, oh, well, no, you, you feel fine, but no, it's not so great. Um, So I hope you enjoyed the the, uh, link that I provide you guys. Um, It's called Energy 101. It's a four one hour video series Mm. on, you know, connecting to your energy. So the theory, as most of you understand, is that at each moment you're emitting a a vibration or an energy, fear, anger, worry, overwhelmment, blame, whatever. And so in this four hour series, I teach you really simple techniques because I love simple stuff on setting your energy on purpose how to hold your energy vibration in a higher space, easy techniques. When you go downhill and start worrying about everything, how to break that momentum and the higher energy field you, you hold, the more that goes into the quantum field and the more that impacts your life, your health. Well, you know, one, one of my favorite ones is simple technique of get general. Like that general means I'm a five foot six tall woman. Specific is I've got black hair and 30 gray hair and da, 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 right? So the more general we get, the higher our vibration, that's just one little technique that I teach people, but it's fascinating. Almost everybody who's watched that video series has always emailed me back going, oh my God, I learned so much. Because when we practice these really simple techniques in our lives, what we vibrate changes and then who we be changes. So, and then our health changes, everything changes. So. Yeah, everything. I mean, and health, and then it's related to, as you said, bank account relationships. I mean, they're all connected to our energy and all connected to our vibration, our vibrational output, really. Exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, that is so fantastic. So um, what's one thing um, you'd like to share with folks before we close? Because I'm so appreciative of your work. I'm really excited to have you back. We'll, we'll have you back on. And I, I just am so grateful for you really introducing this to people in such a very simple way. Because I and, and I love the fact that you're a physician. So we know what that was like to have to get, you know, all this, the all the the um, academia and everything you went through to get that degree. So we know things, you you definitely have a, a grasp on complicated things, but to make them simple, you know, I just haven't heard that a lot from physicians. So I really want to, you know, appreciate you and for that. And what's one thing that you want to share with folks before we close? Sure. Thank you. Um, and thank you for having me too. Um, honestly, I would say, say that the, the one thing that keeps coming the loudest is take your power back inside of each of us. You know, you can call it your intuition, your divine presence, your inner guide. You have access to that place. You have access to a knowing that is different than your mind. And everybody has access to it. It's typically how we get married to our partners. It's typically how we know what house to buy. Typically, it's our intuition. Mm. Everybody has it. And so if you practice slowing down your mind and going inside, be open to it because it's powerful and it can change your life. And I just want to thank you, Sharon. Thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for having me. And thank you to your listeners too, for taking the time of listening. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Well, we really appreciate you. We will have you back on and go to the episode page, everybody. And you can get that wonderful video series. And they're just very simple techniques, things that you can incorporate very easily into your day. And they will make a transformational difference in everything. And, you know, if you've been saying, uh, you know, I really need to be empowered in my health. I do not want to hand over my power to, you know, just my doctor, my allopathic physician, you know, even my chiropractor or whatever, you know, that you, that those are, those are part of your team. That's your team, but you're the one that really needs to be the team leader here. And you have access to an amazing health leader, team leader within you that you can connect to. So, you know, I know we've all said something like that in our lives. And so this is your wake up call. <laughs> go and get this information because, you know, you have to do it. You have to manage your own energy. Okay. That's our responsibility and being human, you have to do it. And so I really want to encourage you to go and do that, you know, take action on this because nothing will happen unless you take action. And a lot of times there's stories, right. About taking action. Oh, that's going to be hard. Oh, well, no, none of this is hard. Very, very simple. Uh, none of this is going to be something that you have to sit and meditate for 300 hours. They're very, very simple techniques that you can incorporate easily into your daily experience. And then they become a default. And then you will just see the shifting of your vibration. You'll, you'll see it. You'll feel it. So I really want to encourage folks to do that. So thank you so much for being here. And, um, and I just really want to, uh, Thank every one of you for listening. And I see you living lives of love, joy, peace, health, and prosperity in all ways, all ways. We'll see you back here next time, everybody. Do you hate selling yet love to be of service? In my free masterclass, you will discover three soulful secrets to client conversations that feel joyful, easy, and fun. Using these secrets, one of my clients made $8,000 in one week, and another client made $100,000 in less than six months. 
Register now at www.coachingfromspirit.com masterclass.